Welcome everybody to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. Uh, this is Aurelien with my co-host Glenn and Darcy. And today we'll be discussing um, a topic that's, uh, you know, leans on economy and uh, its uh, inflation and uh, its relationship with real estate. Um, there are lots of talks going on about inflation and uh, so we will discuss um, what we know about it and its consequences and uh, what the advantage may be to invest in, in real estate in inflationary contexts. So Darcy, would you like to get us started? Yeah, I'd love to. Good morning, everybody. Well, it's morning here when we're recording yeah. out on the wet West Coast. Um, I had a, I heard a great quote from an economist because I think it's on our radar because we've seen it in every kind of trade publication and news now they're talking about inflation and it's not a surprise this economist said as soon as you're talking about it it's already happened inflation's already happened we're seeing it in sim simple things uh cost of services cost of products scarcity brought on by either turning a giant container ship sideways in the suez canal or just you know trends of people buying things so you know we're gonna have to pay for all those serb payments the government is going to have to induce small amount of controlled inflation. You can expect it. So how does it work? Well, inflation, as I see it, is a ratchet. It's something that tightens and increases. Imagine like a ratchet on a, a wrench on a car. You're going to turn it in a particular direction and it's going to tighten things up. So I see it as sort of tightening some of my margins, um, making it a little more challenging to do business. So we're going to see inflation rates in things like interest rates which is fundamental to our business. Um, which way are interest rates are gonna go? The best way to say is always up. And if they, you're surprised by them going down, it's a good surprise. It's like yeah. betting against your own home team. Uh, for our Ontario <laughs> listeners, you bet against the Leafs and you lose money when they win, you still feel good about losing money, right? But if you bet for the Leafs and they win or they lose, now you feel crappy both ways. So it's kind of inflation, just plan on it going up and when it goes down, you're happily surprised, um, but it will. You know, that's the easiest thing. It will go up. I can't imagine it going much further down. And we've already seen increases in the Bank of Canada rate. Um, I think it's going to touch on your cost of materials and particularly labor. And Terry was talking about a minimum wage of 15 and then $18. And some quarters are talking about a minimum wage kind of hitting $20, right? $20 an hour. Um, that, you know, on a percentage basis, not in real terms, just moving it from 13 to 15 to $20 might be a $7 swing might be good for landlords. It means people can afford to pay actual better rents, rents that provide services rather than just bare bones of a place to stay. That's not a terrible thing, but it does mean that all the cost of your labor is going to go up. You're, but in a percentage wise, you know, you're not going to add $7 an hour to your top, you know, janitor at $20 and they, they're, they're making 27. You're going to add the increase of percentage, 60%. It's going to go up. So now you're talking about a 30 $4 or $32 an hour janitor. Those are challenges for us. Um, and Darcy, so then, you, yeah. so this is going up by this and mm -hmm. we're doing renovations and fixing up units or houses. Um, would that not go back down to, you know, usually all these costs, top loaded costs end up always flowing down to the bottom, to the tenant. Would that not make rents go up? You'd Maybe think not. So. I, I think so. On the positive side of things, you know, it could. I, I think it should, but there's always latency, right? So if your people are in a one-year lease, you know, you're going to wait a year before you can um, 
increase the rent. And in most jurisdictions, Ontario, BC, Saskatchewan, your increase is already pegged. It's pegged to an inflation rate that is remarkably absent of the things that are really driving inflation. So this is my little bugaboo or whatever soapbox, <laughs> but the government uses that same inflation rate. So when they negotiate with the government employees union, one of the largest in Canada or other groups, they set the terms of inflation and what's going to be included. So they take out the highly volatile things. We can't trust gas prices. So we're going to take that out. And they put in things in the inflation rate that are controlled, such as the egg marketing board. So the price of eggs, milk and grain, which are controlled are in the inflation rate so that they can hold back rise in wages for government employees. But it's not the real inflation rate on the street that we're experiencing. We see inflation in simple things like the price of gas. I filled up for a buck 61 here the other day. That's with my 5% discount for having my card attached to my preferred gas dealer. I mean, that's a real expense on a, you know, an F-150. That's a $130 tank of gas. Um, you know, those are some of the yep. real inflations. We're seeing inflations in the price of homes still in every region. There's just latency. It just drags behind. So in a region where you have a one-year lease in, say, Alberta, you can't redress that till the term is up. And then you got to tell someone, uh, uh, one of our residents, hey, this is market now. I know your rent was seven twenty-five, but the market for that one, you know, that studio is actually eight sixty, and they're seeing a huge increase. You know, often that's a deal breaker. They're so upset that they think you're gouging them, but they only pay attention to markets when they're right at the end, and they're looking for, you know, a price, not a product. So it's a real, it's a real tough one. Um, you could see rents increase, but slowly. It happens slower. And then the stretch in between the front edge of inflation and the back edge of uh, rents increasing, you're still going to have to run a business for 16 or 18 months imperfectly with less money. It, you know, that's why it's really smart to always plan for worse expenses than you're actually having and less incomes and take kind of a jaundice eye towards all of those things so that you have reasonable operating margins. But yeah, that's true. I don't know how to, how to fix that, but I think yeah. it's coming. I wonder if it could uh, contribute to, like with a lot of these places like BC and Ontario, they have like uh, rent raise controls, right? So you can't yep. raise it so much. So it may um, increase the length of tenancies, right? Um, a lot of people that would move around more, it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense because every time you move, the rent could jump $100 or $200. Um, so people are, in my opinion, should be, likely like or just more likely to stay in the same place for a yep. longer period of time i've had too much coffee i'm already talking over my own tongue <laughs> no but that's a really awesome point that it might introduce stability which would be good for us so i was trying to think of did a little quick t-chart good bad what 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 could these things so um it'll, it's also you're seeing it inflating the value of your asset too like in ontario uh, houses are going up uh, they've been doing this for 18 months in bc it's been since 2017 in 2014, two large surges of increases, um, just based, you know, on some demographics and uh, international money trends, but also on inflation. Uh, the cost of those homes are going up, and people are selling them, or people are building them, or extracting the true cost of those homes. It's not gouging for profits. I mean, the profits are probably fixed, and they're a percentage of a larger number. But in percentage terms, they're probably the same as they were 10 years ago. It's just that's the inflation of land, materials, labor. It's going to come out in the cost of 
of housing. And it depends how you do your real estate too, because if you're paying, um, if it's all inclusive, if you're paying the utilities, like they are saying big spikes in natural gas and propane, lots of stuff is coming down the pipeline, especially yeah. anything, any of these industries that are private, privately owned and not run by the government anymore. Yep. Yeah. And you can see it, we're coming into the heating season. You're seeing it rise in the uh, cost of utilities rising. Uh, you know, how do they know that? Well, they know. <laughs> sure. It's a price fixed. I don't know. Large utilities, which used to be, you know, uh, BC companies are now quote privatized, but they're still quasi uh, government properties. You're seeing rates rise. Um, more and more people are using electricity out here. Yeah. So all these things are rising. When I was doing my research for this topic, I was reading some articles, so I'm not coming up with these numbers on my own. This is from a Financial Post article on October 29th, 2021, which is fairly, for us when we're recording this, it's only, what is that, like four days ago, three days ago, yeah. something like that. So, um, but this will probably come out in a couple of weeks. But anyway, um, right now uh, they have the inflation rate pegged at 4.4, which is the highest uh, since 2003. So we're hitting it on um, the government's goal is to always keep inflation under 3%, which whenever things get out of what they're, uh, you know, they want one to 3% as their, their goal, whenever things, these things get out of whack, it does affect a lot of different industries and things. And for instance, they're saying the small to medium firms are expecting their prices to increase all their prices by 3.9% over the next 12 wow. months. So that will affect everything. Yeah. And, a lot of the other stuff I have written down is stuff that Darcy already covered. Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> no, we are, no, it's the same thing though, right? Yeah, we are seeing uh, the introduction of prescribed. Well, in BC and Ontario, you already have prescribed uh, allowable increases on rent. They're using a metric of this inflation rate and saying the inflation rate is 1.1 or 1.2. And the highest we had seen in 15 years, I think is three point something. Yeah. So BC will come out with its uh, allowable uh, rental increase in Jan before January and let us know what it is. But typically it's, it's a small number. Uh, we are kind of half expecting it might be a fairly significant number because there haven't been any allowable rent increases in two years. So they're going to throw a bone to landlords and say, well, everything is going up. You're right. Here's what we're going to allow. So we might see one of the larger ones in 20 years. Um, and it would honestly reflect the market. Uh, at least out here in some some regions, maybe it's flat, but I think that's naive. I think it's just going up. Let me pose this question to you guys. I didn't actually do any actual research or find an article on this, but we're in an asset class that is real. So it's real estate. So yeah. how does it directly affect the, the inflation directly affect the prices of the house? Ari, do you have a comment on that? Or Darcy, like, is, is it, does it keep up? Is it similar? What, what do you guys think on that? I think it definitely affects the price of purchasing an asset. We're seeing them rise. Um, you know, I'm surprised I've been getting, so we're seeing a compression of cap rates. Uh, so the valuation is going up and it's going up in two levels. Cap rates are being more compressed in tertiary markets and they're just inflating what they need for the price of their buildings with, on their ask. They're asking higher and higher. So it's going to be harder to buy assets for sure. Um, that's definitely one that we're worried about because we were in a growth period where we're trying to buy. So it is inflating them. I mean, it's good for sellers. Yeah. Well, that's what I've done. I've just, I've just listed a few of my properties and this last week we've sold a couple 
And it's, it's one of those things that's really hard to sell because you're like, if I just held it a little bit longer, I could get more money. <laughs> they, just, they just keep going up, right? Um, but um, the, at least the mother nature of my business does involve uh, you know, the, a shell game where you need to move money from asset to asset in order to keep them all going. And a lot of people like their biggest regret is selling properties. But um, I always ask them whenever anyone says that, I go, but could you have bought those other properties if you didn't sell that one? And did you not convert something to something better um, every time? Like um, sometimes there's a better use of your money than other uses. Uh, maybe I'm kind of taking us down a, a, a terrible, an, an offshoot path already. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what about you, Ari? We, we've been talking the whole time. We haven't let you get a word in. Yeah. What have we missed? Uh, yeah, you've covered most of it. Um, I like this idea of, uh, uh, you know, real estate and inflation and how, how real estate can be an edge against inflation. Yep. Uh, so other edges could be a goal, but real estate is one of them. And so we've talked about multifamily. If you compare multifamily with um, other asset classes in commercial real estate, so uh, it may seem that the, the, the leases are long-term, but re they're relatively short-term. Um, so you can, you can increase. And if, you know, that's the, the whole idea of uh, picking a market with, without rent control. So that way you can, you can, uh, you can follow, the rents can follow the inflation. Uh, so that's one way of um, hedging. And, um, and also if you're, um, for example, investing in industrial, you can have a triple net lease where uh, the increases are simply passed on to the, to the tenant. Um, and in terms of prices increasing, yeah, absolutely. You know, if, if labor, like we said, and the material prices increase, then the, in the end, the price of a property is going to increase too. Yeah. Yeah. And on the, the labor side you're mentioning too, is there's actually a shortage of labor, mm -hmm. um, for, especially for labor jobs. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want to go down this too, but whenever I used to work uh, when I was in college at uh, a manufacturing place, and then I was, I'm like, oh, I have all these diplomas and stuff. So maybe I could work in the office. And they said, you take a pay cut to work in the office because there isn't people who want to do these kind of jobs. There, there, you know, there's not as many, they have lineups. They put a posting out for like an accounting job or something in marketing or in the business. And there's a lineup people, uh, they put out uh, a manufacturing job or something, which I was, you know, when you're a college student, that's what you pick up, whatever you can do. Right. And, uh, yeah, they said that, uh, you, I'd be better off to stay in the warehouse. <laughs> wow. Well, I think there's also, you might've touched on, um, already talked about hedges. I mean, there's other ways to hedge against this. You can lock in your utility cost prices with third-party ones. I did that and it was turned out terribly, but there are other ones that could work. You could hedge your um, interest rates on mortgages by signing to longer-term deals. So we're looking at that, not one and two and three-year deals, but maybe taking the stability of five-year deals to make sure you're not stuck in some place for two or three years at six and a half percent interest rates. Um, yep. You know, because most... You know, I'm 58, so I was just out of high school the last time we had really sky-high interest rates in the early 80s. And nobody here, you know, under in business under 65 has probably seen those or experienced them. So most of our, our audience have never seen those kind of interest rates. That's punishing to see that kind of expense roll out your door to banks. 
that hurts. Now, if you're rolling out, you know, if you're wrapping up your business and you're tucking it away in bonds or securities of that sort, it might be a really good time. Then you want kind of a high interest regime and you're getting a good return on your money for secured deposits. But, you know, it depends on where you are in the cycle. Um, hedging is a really good idea. Getting your stuff triple net. If you're thinking about, you know, uh, disentangling your utilities from paying gross and getting a tenant pay utilities is a really good time to spend the money on that because you're going to see utilities rise. They just can't be any cheaper. Um, yep. So you can start hedging in lots of smart ways, seeing this coming. Sorry. The context of the hedging is if you have, if you're sitting on cash, this cash is losing value because of inflation. Mm -hmm. So that's yep. the whole idea of hedging and why it's important or why, why you may want to consider it. Yeah. Play good well, defense. I was going to talk about the hedging as well, but you already just brought up a good point. Like, um, what do you do with cash? <laughs> do you know, like, um, you know, we're, you know, you know, self-employed people. How, how do you, cause you need cash reserves just to survive. And then your, your cash reserves are losing money. That's, that's a tough spot to be in. Right. That you need to, uh, a good real estate business should have cash reserves. You shouldn't be running on the, the thing. And if it's, it's losing money every month, it, it's um, like I get so anxious with extra cash that I want to reinvest it into something else. But yeah, it's losing money. It's just like exactly what Ari said. It's losing money every month. It's, yeah. I mean, I, here's how, here's how your, your, uh, you know, a local business, they say all real estate is local, but it's not we're in a connected economy and global trends, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a finance rates and liquidity, interest rates, what other options there are for investment classes, um, all affect down to some person with a threeplex in Kingston. You're going to be affected by what's happening um, globally. It's, you know, it's just the fact of having an integrated economy. We're not immune to what's happening in other parts of the world. Uh, I think we're seeing this now. There are lockstep with inflation in other parts of the world and global supply chains, and it affects you know the price of lumber at Home Depot or small parts for your faucets. Every part of it's going to be affected. And this is the downside, I suppose, of a global economy. Yeah, I think we've exhausted that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say one last thing, like for the mortgages and stuff, for if hedging against it. Uh, that's one reason I I do 30-year loans on my mortgages because that's a thing in the States. It's not a thing yeah. usually in Canada to do a 30-30 loan. It's typically a 5-25, um, which is the five-year term and 25-year amortization, whereas you can do 30-30s in the States. And um, one of the reasons even I do them on uh, lease options or rent-to-owns that are three years long, and it's it's a, it is a hedge. It's a hedge because you have your, your rate locked in. Um, yep. Things change in your business plan and the fees to break it are not much different than uh, doing a five-year one. And the, the interest rate is not much different either. So the way I look at it, it's worth the money because if there's a crash or something else, you can ride it through. Because people who, um, just talking about hedging, people who lose their houses during recessions, the big takeaway from the 20, 2008 recession in the States was cash flow your properties, have a capital X fund and um, long-term financing. People who are financing expire when the banks are closed. That's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. So and just don't yourself. be, yeah, just don't be crazy leveraged. It's not a time right now to just be yeah, yep. cash thin and equity thin. Yeah. It's good. 
Okay, on those words of wisdom, so thank you for tuning in and um, you feel free to send us your questions if you want them covered uh, during the show at advancedreitalk at gmail.com. It's advancedreitalk at gmail.com and it will be our pleasure to uh, answer them for you. And uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in and we will see you all next week. All right, bye everybody. Bye guys.